0: Hey, Hey there. Hey, Andrew. Um, good to good to talk music with you yet again for another episode of Have You Heard This? One of your co-hosts, Craig, here, and Andrew's also on this podcast. How you hey, doing, Craig. Andrew? <laughs> doing well. Um, so I, I guess maybe this is, it's, I wouldn't say it's in any way a continuation of what we talked about last week, where we sort of discussed singer-songwriters and whether or not that was an artificial genre or a meaningless term that didn't really indicate a style of music, but we're kind of in a similar vein here where we wanted to talk about like, I guess duets or like bands or groups that have like male and female vocalists and kind of go back and forth between male and female vocalists. I don't know if I just started to pay more attention to it, like, but it seems a little bit like a trend or just that this has become a, a popular style, like, I'm thinking of bands like the XX, obviously, and the Head and the Heart. And um, Andrew, you'd mentioned bands like the Weepies and Nickel Creek and the Well Pennies and the Submarines. Like, there's a lot of groups that sort of do this, and it does add a real, like, variety to what a band can do when they have both an exceptional female voice and. A wonderful male voice and it just there's a lot that you can play with you can you can feel like you get almost two separate albums you can have these songs that kind of they trade off verses and come together in a chorus and have these wonderful harmonies and i'm i i love it i mean it's definitely i i'm a sucker for this style kind of right off the bat like i opt in and then have to decide i don't like a band that has a style if they really kind of seem to mess it up but do do you, do you is this something you've noticed like i can't I don't feel like I listen to bands that did a lot of this in the early 2000s. It seems to have emerged a little more.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think there's a lot more depth you get out of, um, you know, male and female singer or a combination that uh, maybe wasn't as prevalent, you know, in the pop punk or the emo scenes. Although there is Stray Light Run. Um, Yeah, I'm also a sucker for it. Although I think there's a lot of risk, Um, at least with some of these songs, with the duet songs, they can. there can be sort of a um a shift in the tone of the verses that maybe don't work together so there's a little bit more risk when you have two uh singers or maybe one singer isn't as good as the other but um overall when it does work it works great
0: yeah no i agree there can definitely be a risk in having the songs feel a little over dramatic or the temptation to sort of read autobiography into it and think like oh these this must be about some end of a relationship or it must be a love song. Like just the fact that you have this sort of male female, like that idea seems already almost born into the song of like, Oh, there must be something to this dynamic between that. You don't, you don't really assume that when you hear blink 182 album or drive by truckers album, you (laughs) have two different male vocalists that might have wildly different like vocal registers, but you're not sort of reading anything into that and, maybe that's my own bias. It very well could be, but I do think when you have a song that goes back and forth with male, female, or an album that goes back and forth, there almost seems to be this meta narrative above it of like, what's the relationship between these two Mm -hmm. people? And, and I, Fleetwood Mac is like the, 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 I guess, like, almost they're the godfathers of this style. And in that case, there was all this behind-the-scenes drama. And they <laughs> I don't remember who dated who and who married who and who was sleeping with whom. But it does feel like there was a lot of actual drama behind the drama in those lyrics. So maybe they just set the template. And and then you had, like, No Doubt had some of that same thing, where I guess that was just, like, they dated or been married and they were still playing these breakup songs together. It just <laughs> it added this whole other layer, layer of intrigue. I I just I fall for these songs pretty easily, and I guess we wanted to dive into a couple examples of, of the kinds of songs that exemplify the things we're talking about. So, I'll take the first stab at it. uh, Probably the most famous song by a band called Stars. Uh, The song is "Set Yourself on Fire," uh, or the album is "Set Yourself on Fire." Excuse me, and the song is "Your Ex Lover Is Dead." And I'm I'm not an incredible close listener to stars i think this is probably the song that they're most well known for and it's just a classic of the form where you have female verse first um and male verse comes in next and it's clear that the story here is about ex-lovers seeing one another and like running into each other after they've broken up who much who knows how much time has gone by and then they join together in the closing chorus and sort of decide that the relationship was worth having even though it led to a lot of pain and wasn't the love of each other's lives and it just it hits all the beats i i think like um let's listen to a little bit of your ex-lover is dead by stars I I, I love that. I love I love the way that the verses meet in this chorus. And this is one that definitely embraces the sort of storytelling side of it with the male and female each telling their part. And you have these two perspectives, but these vocals to kind of join it. And I mean, the song couldn't work with one singer. It it would be a totally different song. It's clearly written to be a duet. I, I fall for it. Do you remember another song, Andrew? Get a wave of emotion as you listen to it.
1: Oh, this is a great song. I mean, the lyrics at the end, um, the spacing where they say, I'm not sorry, there's nothing to say. I'm not sorry, space, there's nothing to say. That kind of double, the double meaning of those of those lyrics in the song are just incredible. This is a perfect example of what we're talking about with the duet verse. And I love the the driving guitars, the the strings. I mean, this is just a just perfect
0: yeah it just it just builds i mean it just uses the form and the songwriting structure to kind of i mean become so much greater than than its parts and it's a super memorable song and and, and it there's a weird way in which not having listened to it for a while the song almost becomes about itself like i haven't heard the song in a while and it's like coming back <laughs> almost like seeing that ex-lover yeah. in the street of like oh wow like this song wasn't in my life for a long time and now it's back and I'm getting all this wave of emotion, almost like the experience the song is describing. And I kind of love it on that meta level. What's one that, that you think of is, is fitting into this sort of artificial genre that we've decided to use as a, as a podcast episode hook. It's something in a similar, similar vein. It's
1: the super famous uh, Godier song, somebody that I used to know very similar vein in the sense that it's about a relationship. There's, pretty much two verses and uh they both represent both sides of relationship and they kind of come together and talk about an old relationship so it's very similar um to what stars was doing i think uh, the stars has definitely has a different feel to it uh heavier and uh, a little bit deeper but this song is uh nonetheless uh, a wonderful song with godie and kimbra let's take a listen right now The only issue I have with this song is uh, the other side of the token with these kinds of um, songs, where the singers really define their roles pretty quickly. Is that it feels a little gimmicky, a little bit sometimes. I don't know. When I listen to the song, I don't know if the depth is there. Um, I think the stars pulled off pulled the depth off really well, but I think here it's a wonderful little pop song. There's a little bit of angst and, and anger in the song, but I don't. Every now and then, I feel like this is a little bit of a gimmicky song. What do you think, Craig?
0: I, 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 I hear that for sure. And it I, I see the way in which these kind of songs can kind of succumb to, to seeming gimmicky. This is the this is sort of the rare, like just I mean, this was a huge hit, like a sort of couldn't escape the song. It was everywhere. And this is the rare kind of song that was in that space that I, I never really got sick of. Like, I I'm always happy to hear the song. I think it's like I, I love the sort of shouting verses by the end. Um, it, it does kind of give into the melodrama, but the emotions still feel real. And it also gave rise to a great like parody video that was some (laughs) QB I used to know. I'm sure it gave rise to many parody videos. Um, (laughs) it was just such a cultural touchstone, but there was like a Peyton Manning, version of the song that was like Colts fans and Broncos fans going back back and forth in verses when he'd left and switched teams that <laughs> <laughs> and the video was really weird i, I vaguely remember it right like yeah. i don't i don't totally remember the video but there was some close ups on their faces and their mouths and maybe they had like makeup on their faces i i'm sure i'm getting some of that wrong but the video i think helped add to the feeling that this was a little gimmicky but also a powerful uh, emotional song uh, yeah, I, but I love it. I love it. I love that song and I'm not sick of it. And it's another one that like being away from for a while is kind of nice to come back to. Do you, are you a Damien Rice fan, Andrew?
1: I'm a huge Damien Rice fan. I think O is one of the best albums of that time. If not, singer-songwriter, uh, maybe we just have had, we could have had a
0: whole episode about him. He's great. Um, why do you ask uh, that's right. He didn't come up on that singer songwriter <laughs> episode, but I, I, I mean, I, I really like him. I, I've lost track of his career a little, and he takes these long, long breaks between albums. And after Oh, I think there was a, bit, I don't know, there was a pretty long break. Maybe it was three or four years. And this was back when I would still buy CDs, and you still paid attention to an album in a different way. And his second album, there was a long wait for it, and then it came out. And the first song was the song Nine Crimes. And I put it on, like in the in the days of putting on a CD, like not having heard this. It might have been the single, but I hadn't heard it till I put it on. And the first voice was not his voice. It was his collaborator uh, Lisa Hannigan, just singing this incredibly emotional, like right from the gate, um, this song that seems to be about an affair and cheating and just a, a, a couple that's like on the brink and there's this explosive relationship. And I think that it was used in a couple movies. Um, very easy to borrow the emotions from the song, but I thought it was such an amazing and bold choice to open this album and not have it be Damien Rice's voice, but have it be Lisa Hannigan's voice that is just as powerful and beautiful. But then there's a sort of built in tension for the listener of like, when is Damien Rice's voice going to come in? And then it cuts through and just is very powerful i'm sure in a clip it will do uh, there'll be a strong response to this much more than i can i can sort of hint at in words but um let's listen to a little bit of nine crimes damian rice and it's lisa hannigan's voice that opens a song and, and they go back and forth in verses give my gun away a right. load is that all right you don't shoot it how i suppose right. old is that all Give my gun away once you Is that alright? Is that alright with you? Is that alright, Give yeah. my gun away Is that alright, yeah? You're not sure as hard as to Give my gone away. that is a great song i <laughs> listeners this episode i these are all pretty intense this is definitely these are intense songs there's not a lot of humor in these necessarily <laughs> but what do you do you do you like nine crimes andrew do you like that this album? is a great song i this album was a little weird nine
1: um it's very hit or miss which is sort of defined uh damien rice for me after the o album yeah this album this song is great i think it's everything you said it's so intense it works. It's just classic uh, Damien Rice. Everyone's going to enjoy it.
0: So this is a hit side of that hit or miss formula on this album? This is a huge hit. This is a huge hit. Yeah, it's still, it's the standout track of that of that album, I think. And I think that's largely because of the power of the, of the shared voices and the sort of story that builds to and that you get these two different very emotional um, singers that can kind of add different layers to the song. Sometimes too much of Damien Rice alone is, is a lot to take. What else would you point us to as another back-and-forth male-female song? That I feel like I have to uh, make some honorable mentions here about yeah, this please, genre. Yeah, please. Please do. do it. I was running uh, through a list.
1: <laughs> the first one is uh, I think this genre is either made or at least made famous by the uh, I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher. <laughs> that's, Absolutely. Uh, that's when I was thinking about this, I was doing a little research, and that's right up there. Uh, Human League has uh, Don't You Want Me Baby. Which is pretty much exactly uh, in the same in the same field that we're talking about here, a relationship and you know working as a waitress in a hotel bar and all that stuff. Um, but
0: anyways, um, in terms of the song, oh, wait before you go on, I'm sorry, I'm gonna add one more honorable mention that this is like absolutely. my introduction to the genre, even though it's <laughs> such a weird gimmick. But do you remember that real big fish song? She has a girlfriend now. Oh man, this is a, <laughs> this is a great a great that great, that just yeah. that blew my mind. Like here was this real big fish song she has a girlfriend now about falling in love with a girl who was a lesbian. And then I think it was a singer from like save Ferris came in to sing a <laughs> verse about, <laughs> about screw you. I'm not interested in you. I have a girlfriend now. Like, and it just was so fun. And I just was like, Oh, like you can do that. Like that's, that's great. The song just went up a whole other level. Uh, and and that felt like a, a gimmick at the time, but um, I that, that was like my first maybe discovery of like, oh, that's that added so much. This is such a better song for bringing in that female voice.
1: Yeah, and I think that's also a part of the genre that maybe we're not touching on because it doesn't have the same depth. And maybe we don't remember those songs as much of kind of these quirky songs that a lot of um, bands have come out with. I think I Got You, Babe is a little bit quirky. Uh, Real Big Fish is a great example of that. I mean, it's a funny song. It's silly. Another one is uh, by Bouncing Souls. It's called uh, Say Goodbye. Uh, Kiss My Ass. Um, It's another just back and forth, more of the angry side of uh, breakup as opposed to the uh, you know sentimental, sadder side, but um, all great songs, and I'm glad we're able to um, put them in here. Uh, Moving on to my uh, final pick is actually one that's beyond those. It's not really about relationships, which is a little different than what we've been talking about, but it's a very new song. It's by Fife, and it also features Kimbra, who was also um, featured on the Godier song. Kimbra seems to be good at these kinds of songs but um, this one is simply a pretty straightforward song uh, electronic just came out there's two verses one by the by the male vocal one by the female vocal it's pretty much exact same verse there isn't that back and forth feel but um, it definitely builds a different feeling because of who is singing the songs uh Kimbra sort of steals the show with this one but uh let's little let's take a little listen to belong by fife and Kimbra. So that was belonged by Fife and Kimbra. Uh, Craig, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but um,
0: any no, thoughts? that's one I don't know. But I, I, appreciate that you're throwing fresh stuff on this, and I'll put this up on the playlist. And I mean, the little bit I know of of Kimbra, uh, and I don't, I don't really know Fife, but I, I am happy to have a new recommendation from this for sure. <laughs> um, especially because, as as I've made clear, like <laughs> I'm half, I'm in the bag pretty quickly when I know that it's kind of in this style. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love this stuff. I and it, it's great to see it live. It's great to see it on stage. Like it's great. I, I just I like two singers sharing a microphone in any context. Or it's just it's just really fun. It, and I, I think crowds respond to it well when you see these kinds of bands or these kinds of performances that feature two different vocalists kind of come together on stage. I think audiences respond really strongly to it. But you want You want to move along and talk about songs of the week for for this week.
1: Yeah, let's talk about songs of the week. Um, I'll take the first one. My song of the week is. Uh, a song called "Tired Boy" by Joey Pecoraro. Uh, I don't really know much about this guy. He uh, seems like he is a pretty small-time DJ and mixer. He usually takes um, kind of old sounds and puts a drum and bass on the bottom of it, which is a pretty easy way of kind of recreating a song. Is you just take kind of an old sound. In this song, you'll hear the trumpet. Uh, definitely has some uh, filtering on it that makes it sound old. It might actually be an old sample. I'm not entirely sure which one it is, but it feels old, like from the 1930s, and it has this bass and um, some snare on top that make it sound a little bit new and fresh. So that's the easy part. The hard part is that he also adds this synth on it that's very simple. It just kind of rises slowly over time. Somehow, through the combination of these kind of relatively simple applications, there's nothing really too very, too complicated about what he's doing here, but he just does it in a way where there's a depth to this kind of music that you don't really hear anymore. So it's very strange and it's just a quirky song that I couldn't get out of my head because you're just trying to think about what is this guy doing. It, there's some synth part in the beginning and then it switches over to this old trumpet sound and then at the end it kind of combines the two in this weird depth that kind of takes you away. So this is uh, Tired Boy by Joey Pecoraro. <laughs> the synth and the trumpet and the combination there in this song craig what's your uh song of the week
0: okay well i gotta i'm I'm prefacing this by saying i'm not even sure i like this song but i just had to choose it because one i'm just curious andrew if you know this song and when or whether you do whether the song (laughs) frustrates you and you hate it or whether you find it kind of charming and winning so dashboard confessional chris Carava, uh off the music scene for a while but obviously kind of a, a a tycoon and legend in the singer songwriter emo space is recording some music under that name again and and the the new music from him is this four song ep called taped and covered or covered and taped and it's a it's four cover songs have you have you heard any of these songs andrew do you know what i'm talking about Uh, just this one just this one after you recommended it okay so yeah there's like a there's there's a Julian Baker song, there is a Justin Bieber song, and the song I'm choosing is a cover of the 1975 song, and Andrew is a, is a big fan of the 1975, and I like them too, but maybe not, my, not quite as much as Andrew. And this is Dashboard Confessional covering um, their, their song from their first album, Sex. Uh, so let's take a listen first, and I'll, I'll say a few more things on, on the back end and maybe see what Andrew thinks too. But this is a cover of the 1975 song, Sex, by Dashboard Confessional. She's got a boyfriend anyway She's got a boyfriend anyway I love your friend When
1: I saw his film He's got a funny face But I like that cause he's still
0: I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to know, Andrew, in or out or, or a little more complex than that? Did you hate this?
1: I'm definitely in on this song. It's It reminds me of a few things. The first is we all kind of want to forget that emo was a thing. <laughs> There's a lot of emo haters out there. But you listen to the song and you realize why emo was big is because Dashboard and Chris Krapa were extremely talented. That style of music has a certain feel to it that's very deep and intense, and you can't deny that. Second is, it really shows that 1975 and a lot of these other bands, they're not too far away from the emo style. I think this is a really, this brings out this very part of the 1975 song that I hadn't really, I hadn't really focused on before, which is kind of this, I don't know what you would call it, like sadness or almost nihilism, or maybe that's too harsh of a word, but this introspective element to the song that I didn't really um, notice before. I love it. I think it's a great cover
0: yeah no i'm i'm I'm, glad to hear you say all that for sure because i i that's that's kind of my thinking too but I, it's nice to have you almost confirm that and agree because it's the, the 1975 song i wouldn't say it's devoid of emotion but it's it's kind of it's like a somewhat vulgar hookup song about she has a boyfriend anyway and like this is a sexual transactional relationship but that's all but then in this cover it can't help it's like it's like Dashboard Confessional can't help but make every song almost like a breakup song. Like in in the same lyrics, that same refrain she has a boyfriend anyway takes on this like incredibly mournful like longing that I guess it's there in the 1975 song a little, but but he just explodes that open and makes it the focus of the song and it's kind of the best version of what a cover can do is it makes you reconsider the first song But also gives you a really fresh listening experience and and I always appreciate when cover songs Elevate the original work, but also become their own thing and I think this is a really good example of that Yeah, this is incredible. It's like a reverse remix
1: most remixes like we talked about last uh, week You take a pop song and you put some dance beats on it and it becomes new and fresh and dance and pop and this time you took a pop kind of dancing song and then you stripped it down with dashboard and to make his own style and you get this new and fresh and exciting way of looking at that song but from
0: a completely different angle this is great i wish a lot of other bands did this for sure and it also has this other narrative of like you have these bands that like the 1975 i i think is still kind of on a rocket ship upwards of fame and money and success and whatever he's doing now, it's hard to say that Chris Caraba is on the rise in his career. He's sort of holding on to his relevance and I'm glad he's still making music, but it's interesting that he goes and covers this band that in some way probably had some listening experience with him when they were younger. And now he's back as the older artist covering them. And it's, there's a weird thing going on there too, which I guess is respectful and sweet, but also seems a little bit strange that he's latching on to the more famous song. So his song gets more coverage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All, all kind of fascinating to me, but a beautiful song. And I'm glad that it was, even though I think it would have been interesting if you had hated this, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it won you over. And, and there's other songs that I recommend on that. The Julian Baker song, he does a, he does a version of sprained ankle on there, which I know we've talked about her and you, you introduced me to her and her stuff is really good and intense if only we could get an actual collaboration between chris Caraba and um julian baker rather than a cover that would be like that would be the pinnacle of the male female just those songs might be so intense that you just couldn't even handle it they'd all all, they would just evolve into those sort of screaming uh end of song verses that they can both get to yeah we just walk into the sea at that point just it's done we're over game over Exactly well maybe our next episode we can take on something a little more poppy and fun and I'll leave that to Andrew because that's normally his territory and I drag us down into this these the the muck of these uh, emotionally intense and kind of cut yourself open type songs but um, Andrew's gonna come up with the poppier more fun episode soon and, and, and the songs won't all be quite so heavy. but we'll throw these songs up on the have you heard this Spotify playlist and it's a lot of fun and Andrew, always good to talk, and and we'll talk soon about some other musical genre.